Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Okay, we're going to try something new today, because today's guest, (laughs) today's episode, I've had too many cups of coffee this morning, today's episode is sponsored by The Guest. In his new self-titled book, A Future with Hope, Novant Health President and CEO Carl Armato discusses how being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at just 18 months old ignited a passion for a career in healthcare. In A Future with Hope, now available on Amazon, Carl discusses leading one of the largest healthcare systems in the Southeast through the patient's lens, offering a unique perspective for healthcare leaders. Diseases like diabetes can bring a whirlwind of emotions, as we all know. And those who are diagnosed often seek reassurance that everything will be okay. Carl's message, as an adult who was diagnosed with type 1 at such an early age, can be a helpful tool to encourage others working to live their best life with the disease. My conversation with Carl that's coming up was extremely enlightening just to see a guy who has overcome so much in his life uh, with diabetes and really giving back uh, as an example and a leader. So it's very cool. In addition to practical experience in dieting, sugar monitoring, and exercise, Carl offers a first-hand perspective with tips on maintaining a positive outlook through it all, which I'm also really, really big on. A Future with Hope blends personal moments and realizations with raw and honest insights that are applicable to both recently diagnosed type 1 diabetes patients and families, or those who have been living with type 1 diabetes for a long time. So it's for everyone. Uh, I think it's going to be very insightful, and I'm really looking forward to picking it up. The book is available for purchase now on Amazon, so just visit Amazon.com and search A Future with Hope. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all across the world. Uh, And my very special guest today is Carl Armato. Carl, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Look forward to our conversation. Uh, likewise, and I don't want to—I don't want to bury the lead too much. Carl, you are the CEO of Novent Health, and you've been a type one diabetic for almost all of your life. Correct, correct. I—I I, uh, was diagnosed at 18 months of age with type one uh, diabetes. Uh, one of the early diagnoses in the small community that I grew up in. And I don't want to—I don't want to out you on your age here, but what year were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed, uh, let's see, well, I'm okay with uh, outing me on my age. I'm 53. Okay. If you can think about me being 18 months old uh, and uh, at a time when um, really the, when people were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I just remember my my parents, uh, the shock that they were in and the stories that they told me because... um, what they heard was that people back in uh, 50 years ago, uh, plus, were really um, type 1 diabetes was almost uh, somewhat of an uh, unfortunate uh, diagnosis that ended in death for them. Um, they, they were told that, you know, maybe 20 years, maybe um, 30 years, I'd be lucky. People that had had um, type 1 diabetics, they heard those stories. So. My parents were uh, 
obviously uh, frightened. Uh, they were full of anxiety. Um, but I can tell you that um, the the biggest uh, opportunity that I experienced was a family that rallied uh, as a support team uh, that began to be there for me uh, to ensure that I could uh, live a life and realize the dreams that uh, that every young person would have and every adult would have later in life. And I think that's so important and, and often a key that we really don't have much control over. I think, you know, obviously we don't get to control who our family is and uh, how we respond to often really life-changing situations like uh, type 1 diabetes. Do you remember, you know, your family adjusting? Do you remember any specifics about uh, you know, your parents and the decisions that they had to make. Obviously, the technology was very different uh, back then. And, and it's actually amazing to see how far we've come, uh, you know, over the course of 50 years. Uh, but, you know, do you uh, remember anything yeah. specific from those early days? Well, absolutely. Well, first, you have to give credit to my mother, who at 18 months old, I had an older brother, um, but she knew uh, something wasn't right. And she kept taking me back to... Uh, to our pediatrician at the time in a little small town. And uh, the pediatrician continued to tell my mother that she was just an overly concerned mom. Um, so there, there, she, there was, he didn't do uh, an act, you know, a quick uh, blood glucose test. And my mom just kept taking me back. And at one point, uh, the pediatrician was out of town. So she took me to her family physician and he ran a blood glucose um, test and uh, obviously my blood sugar was uh, off through the charts and so it was without that my mom having that uh, and wanting that second opinion uh, my story could have turned out differently but the, the one thing from there is my, my, my diagnosis at that young age was really hard on them uh, my mom was afraid of needles she didn't really understand the disease there was very little information that she had and if you think about back in, uh, you know, over 50 years ago, there, there, when I was diagnosed, there were no glucometers. I mean, we didn't measure blood sugar at home. Um, so, and there were no pumps that automatically injected insulin. So when you think about the lack of technology, uh, my mom monitored me. And I can remember as a young kid, we, we then began to monitor my glucose levels using a, a chemistry set. Um, so if you can think about uh, testing your wastewater uh, is how you try to uh, just estimate what your blood sugar might be uh, and then try to figure out the insulin diagnosis uh, or the insulin uh, that you were going to give that particular day was really, really difficult. But I'll tell you what happened. My, my mom educated herself. My mom, my dad, they educated themselves. They went and sat down. Uh, with some experts on uh, type 1 diabetes, they started to really figure out how they were going to face the challenges of me being um, a type 1 diabetic. And then I just remember my whole, uh, that whole family. Uh, later, my younger brother uh, joined the family. And we had, the five of us were always um, living life as if we were all type 1s. I mean, the foods we ate, the, the way they cooked, the diets the exercise and all the things that we did together, um, they were really rallied behind me to, to help me uh, not only thrive, but they really began to show me that there was a way uh, to live a healthy lifestyle uh, and overcome some of the obstacles that I was facing. Um, 
So they introduced me in the sports at an early age, which really got me engaged in exercise and whether that was baseball or tennis or uh, doing things. And obviously I had some difficulties monitoring blood sugars and I would have lows. And I just remember how they would be there for me, though, if I gave them a signal that uh, I needed you know, something sweet to help me get my blood sugar up or I wasn't feeling right. Uh, they would they would just be there for me to ensure that um, I, I really could participate and and really in my mind be more normal than than not and so I have to really give them a lot of credit uh, to them in that early those early days of figuring out how how to deal with type one diabetes when they really didn't have a lot of technology uh, to overcome some of the challenges we were facing. Well, and I think it's such an important part of treatment of type 1 diabetes right and I think in taking that ownership and I want to focus on a little bit of you know you mentioned that your parents did the research and they went out and sought out experts of type 1 diabetes back then that's not as simple as making a google search it's not as simple as even going to the library right so um, you know those types of that type of commitment takes serious effort and you know, I, I want to applaud people who are listening and say, you know, if you feel like you're turning over, you know, stone after stone and not finding what you need, that they're still, you know, you keep pu- keep pushing and keep trying to find it keep, and embrace that search. Because you never know who the right person is going to be. And when you hear it, you know, really resonate with you and your family. So talking a little bit about sports, because that's my background as well. Um, I sure certainly have my fair share of experiences with high blood sugars going into basketball games that I was just too amped up for um, and, you know, impacting my performance or having to pull myself out of a college practice. Um, I know that you experienced a little bit of uh, trials on the sports side, uh, maybe with some coaches early on. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I do. And I, I, um, you know, I I think back in the day when I was coming up, um, particularly as I got into um, middle school, there, there was just that, uh, such a lack of uh, understanding of diabetes, particularly among um, among a lot of the the coaches and teachers that I interacted with. And uh, I can I can tell you about the one story that um, has always stuck with me. Um, obviously, I I tried to manage it well so that when I was in an event, uh, sporting uh, activity, I could still uh, really perform at the absolute uh, you know the the best I, I possibly could. Um, and I had a new coach that joined uh, the the organization, uh, the school that the middle school that I was participating in, and um, I I ended up. My mom had really asked me, "You need to really talk to your coach about being a type one diabetic." And I usually hadn't done that in the past because I really didn't want it to be about type one. I wanted it to be about my performance. So, uh, but this time I decided I'm going to have that conversation with the coach, and uh, I'm going to make sure he knows that I'm a type one diabetic and I'll let him know if, if I needed any assistance. But after that conversation, I noticed that, um, as I would go in the games, I was the starting point guard, um, for the basketball team. Uh, and I found myself after a few rounds of up and down the court that he would pull me out for a rest. Um, and then I noticed that he was a little, you know, always asking me if I was okay. And I was one of the few on the team that he, would have that conversation with so it really um it concerned me that um 
okay, I'm, I'm trying to be transparent with my coaches, with my teachers, uh, but I don't want to be treat, I don't want to be treated differently. So, um, I began to really, uh, it, it really stunned me at that young age to start. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be as transparent with my type one diabetes diagnosis. Um, because what happened is a new coach came in that during that year and um, I didn't tell uh, the individual that I was a type one and I was starting uh, point guard again. So uh, mm-hmm. I never forgot that. Um, but I will tell you that that was a mistake for me because um, later in life, I learned that by really helping uh, what I should have done is help that coach, maybe help with, with education, helped him, um, understand when I, the impact on me on running up and down the court or uh, the impact that uh, my blood sugar could have on the game itself or my performance. And I think it would have been, he would have been better uh, understanding in uh, maybe not just trying to shelter me. So um, I learned that you really need people. You need uh, that support group around you. So uh, transparency is probably uh, much more uh, important uh, than I gave, I gave it back in, in those younger years. I would definitely echo that. I think for me personally, I was very fortunate that when I was choosing colleges to go play basketball, my parents were very, uh, they, they really believed strongly that we should be upfront with the training staff and with the universities about my diabetes and that also that I wasn't going to have any problems, more of just creating awareness so that if something were to go wrong, uh, there would, people would know and be ready to plan for it. Um, but then later on uh, in my career, as I transitioned to the professional side, my basketball skills, the, uh, the, my, the difference between me and the next 1,000 guys was, was not very much. So uh, my agent actually was like, Rob, you, you can't tell them that you have type 1 diabetes, not because uh, of a bias against diabetes, but anything that's going to prevent them from do, or going to make them do more work for you as a rookie uh, is going to work against you in the long run. So actually, in my first professional gig, uh, didn't tell anyone that I had type 1 and had to completely manage, manage it uh, in a silo kind of on my own uh, until I developed a relationship with one of the trainers and kind of had that conversation with them. Uh, so yeah, I totally echo that. Uh, be upfront with it and understand that you know there's a little bit of education that comes along with doing what's best for you with diabetes. And sometimes that education is telling your coach, hey, I can do all this stuff. Uh, just keep an eye out on me and I'll let you know if there's anything wrong. No, I think you're so right with that. I could, you know, later in life, as I started to, um, you know, you, you go through uh, high school and you get to college and then later in life, you're uh, I just thought I felt like once people knew um, and they understood that I would um, I would, you know, really uh, giving them the understanding of what to look out for, things to watch me do or not do uh, was important. And then people, they really respected that uh, that transparency and they respected the vulnerability of, of you sharing the type one diagnosis with them. So um, I agree with you, uh, Rob. I think it's uh, it's it's really that that support and that transparency that helps us all uh, thrive later uh, as we start to get comfortable with it. So let's talk a little bit about vulnerability um, because I think it's an important part of life uh, with type one. For me personally, uh, I believe people are diagnosed twice in their life with diabetes, once when the doctor tells them and once when they realize uh, that they accept it into their life and and uh, either in an outreach perspective or just say, hey, I, I do have diabetes and this is part of who I am and that's okay. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about it for young men, though, uh, specifically in my space, the uh, diabetes advocate and outreach, uh, you know, on social media space. It's about 80-20 uh, female to male in terms of uh, people to follow uh, for, you know, to tell their stories. Uh, I wrote an article for Beyond Type 1 a couple years ago talking about uh, T1D and manhood and how it takes a little bit of vulnerability to just admit that you have something that you have to manage uh, and not in a way that, you know, is, is makes you feel less than or makes you feel like you have a disability, but uh, it could be a little bit of an ego check for uh, for young men out there. How did you, because now I'm going to I'm gonna out you, you're the CEO of Novent Health, uh, which is, you know, a fantastic health system. You've had a, an amazing career. How did you overcome that um, diabetes uh, weight in your professional life to keep you uh, motivated to accomplish your dreams? You know, I, I'm going to start uh, early because it, it, um, what you're just highlighting for young men um, that are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes is um, it, it's, um, it's very, uh, you know, it, it's very tough and difficult to, to start to talk about that vulnerability. I, I'll even take you back to early in my um in my dating life and you know you you start to get really close to someone that you think might could be the one and then you have to you, you know as you you're getting closer and closer you begin to talk about the the condition that you have uh, the type 1 diabetes and you know in some cases back in the day when I was trying to have that conversation people were afraid of that um and some would I, I actually had um a girlfriend or two would say you know I'm I'm, I'm not really, I'm not up for that. Uh, luckily, I was, uh, I found uh, the woman of my dreams. My wife, Christy, um, has been remarkable because she, she never saw me uh, as a type 1 diabetic. She always saw me as an individual that, um, that had courage and that was really looking uh, to, to build and fight for dreams and uh, wanted to achieve things that, um, maybe many didn't think were possible. So I start early with young men having to deal with some of the, the, the vulnerability of being a type one diabetic. Um, but then you hit the work life and you hit the environment where, you know, people are competing. Uh, I started out in, um, in at the time it was big eight accounting and, uh, I'm a CPA and an MBA and, uh, you can imagine you're you're trying not to show your vulnerability in those early days uh, of of trying to prove yourself as a as a you know as a leader as a person that's building a career, uh, and you're trying to just help people stay focused on the performance and what you're delivering, the value that you're producing, and um, so you don't really want to talk about it. And I, I found myself catching myself over and over wanting to not want anyone to know that I was a type 1 diabetic because it might get in the way of how people might view my progression with the company or my progression in healthcare. Or, um, and then I realized something. I remembered something that my dad had taught me many years ago. He took that type 1 diabetes as a young man, and he helped me not internalize it as much and really look to help others. And then that's what really led me uh, into my journey into healthcare, um, because now I, I don't shield myself uh, from talking about being a type one diabetic. And throughout my career now at Novant Health, it's been remarkable 
to be able to have a unique perspective, um, being in, as part of a health system that can really help so many people and impact so many individuals. Um, so I want you to think about me as an individual, every meeting I enter into, every decision that uh, I make with my team, it's with the eyes of someone that has a chronic disease, uh, someone with type 1 diabetes that I believe helps me to be a better healthcare leader and allows me to truly um, keep our patients and the patient experience and, it, and their impact at the forefront of all decisions. So I'm, I'm really uh, excited about that. I think it gives me a little bit of an advantage to not think as an administrator, not think about the numbers all the time, but be more open and transparent about what, what do patients need, what do consumers need. Um, and I'm happy to tell you today we serve more than 90,000 people with, with, uh, with diabetes. And it's exciting to, um, to see that and watch the impact on that. Uh, yeah. But again, I, I, so, so Rob, I think it's really, over time, it's been a challenge coming through and you know, trying to be vulnerable and share in a transparent way about the disease um, and then, then refocusing it on how do you use it to help others. That, that's really the point I wanted to make. No, I think um, the point was really well made. Uh, I think even for myself personally, uh, the goal of this podcast and outreach is to help one person. And as long as that remains the goal, uh, more people will continue to be helped by that. Um, I wanted to echo what you also said about being, uh, you know, looking at everything through the eyes of a person with a chronic illness. Um, I think that helps you distill what's so, what's important so much easier than someone without it. And thinking of my life with diabetes only 14 years in, uh, and then, you know, comparing that to you with, with 50 years plus of living with diabetes and the ability that that time and work has on your life to shift perspective. Um, and so I think, you know, for me as from a health perspective, I look at what you and your parents went through early on and what you certainly went on or went through in your teens and twenties and thirties before diabetes technology really took the giant leaps forward that it has taken today. And I look at your life and it's like, and you have been successful in spite of that. That gives me so much hope as a patient uh, with less than 15 years that, hey, the next 40 years, things are going to be moving so much faster forward than they did previously. And look at all the great things that, uh, and all the great lives that other people with type 1 diabetes who have gone before me are living. And I think that's, you know, from a patient perspective, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to that, to a life with diabetes that I don't have to be afraid of. And also learning from the experiences of people who have been living for you know half a century with a disease that they have a whole lot of perspective on. That's awesome, Rob, because I, I think you just really summarized um, why I'm so excited about uh, talking to you and, and then other um, type 1 diabetics that are out there, the impact that we can have on people that can really show, show that hope and um, really help them see that they can accomplish anything they want to. Um, and, I, and I really help, you know, I'm hoping that people can see that what I tried to do is when I hear, uh, at least when I heard that I couldn't do something because of my diagnosis or it might be too hard or maybe I should take a different path. Um, I, I'm here to say that, yes, you can, and, and we should help people say, 
yes, they can as they start to look at what dreams they want to realize. Well, and I think that's a great transition into the next piece of our interview, um, because somehow when you are, uh, you know, living living your life and running a thriving health system, you found the time to sit down and write a book, uh, which is now out, A Future with Hope. Talk about, um, talk a little bit about the book. Tell us, uh, just give us a little bit of the insider preview. And then what was that like, you know? having to balance, uh, you know, professional and family life, and then also pursue that creative uh, exploration? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with um, why I decided to write the book, and because I think it's an interesting story. Um, you know, I was at um, an event where uh, I had the privilege of being honored by the Triad Region uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and it was a, a time where they honored me for having 50, uh, my 50 year journey uh, with type one diabetes. And after the event, I actually used that opportunity to talk about hope. And I talked about a path of how you could thrive with diabetes. And after the event, uh, a young girl, uh, well, there was a line of young adults who probably had had diabetes for 10 years or more, but they were in their young uh, teens or 20s. And this young, this young girl came up to me with tears in her eyes, um, saying that she hadn't heard anyone be so positive uh, about thriving with diabetes. And I have to tell you, it was that moment. It was that moment I decided to write the book. Um, and I'll tell you why. I had actually been taking notes for years um, for my grandchildren or people down the road that might be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in my family. Um, and, and I was worried about them maybe not having uh, or being able to see the experiences that I would have experienced, and it might not be something you can learn in their physician's uh, office or through an education process. So I took those notes, and uh, it was that young girl, uh, when she came up to me with those tears in her eyes, um, that made me believe that my story could help uh, others today. And so uh, I started uh, putting uh, my story together um, about not only from the early diagnosis, the, the support group of what my parents and my brothers, uh, how they supported me through all the, whether it was sporting events and growing up. And I talked about my career, uh, how, how I really managed that in, in that process. And throughout those years, I talked about the different technologies that I had to work with. And then I even come to today, and I, I bring it to real time of being the CEO of Novant Health and how that's helped me um, as I start to look at helping others um, in, in their fight, not only with diabetes, but with other chronic diseases across our, uh, our vast footprint. Um, so uh, the book really was simply about um, how do we help people today to know that really I'm an example uh, that they can accomplish anything they want to um, and to really fight for their dreams because um, there are going to be a lot of roadblocks. There may even be a lot of people that tell them they ought to take a, a simpler path uh, or a different path. And I'm, I'm just here to say uh, that you can realize your dreams. You can accomplish whatever you want to do in life. And um, I hope you use my experience and my story uh, to help you with that, um, with that motivation that you might need. So really the book is about hope. 
Well, I love it. And I think now, uh, you know, more than ever, that's the message that we need to continue to spread um, about type 1 diabetes and living a living a life uh, full of hope uh, and promise. And, you know, I hope that uh, the book, you know, reaches people and connects with them on a way that they had not been able to, to connect with before. And, uh, you know, really, like you said earlier, that lens of just helping people uh, realize, you know, what's possible with their life with diabetes. I hope it, uh, I hope it uh, really resonates with them. Well, thank you, Rob. And I tell you what, it's, it's on Amazon. Um, you can go on Carl Armato, and the book is uh, A Future with Hope. And uh, it, it's an opportunity for people. What I'm finding is more people that read it, they talk about how uh, some, somehow in life you, you hit a roadblock or you hit a challenge. And that whether you've got type 1 diabetes or not, it's an opportunity to, to, to show how, how hope is there and paths to, to really uh, realizing dreams. And so I hope people do uh, purchase the book, and uh, I appreciate your, your comments about it. Of course. And, yeah, the book is on Amazon. We will include links uh, to the book on Amazon uh, in the show notes uh, and also on social media when we, when we post the, uh, the podcast episode. Um, Carl, I, I do ask the same question to uh, all of my guests on my podcast, and I'm, uh, I'm really excited to hear your answer, um, especially as a guy who's traveled a lot. So context is really important. Uh, you gotta, you got to bear with me here. So you're in an airport, and they're about to close the door to your gate. Uh, but before, and whatever's on the other end of this flight, you can't miss it. It's some sort of, uh, you know, life or death, act of God type of meeting on the other end. And got it. you bump into somebody who... Uh, has either been recently diagnosed or has been struggling with their life with type 1 diabetes, in the 30 seconds before they shut the door to your gate, what's the one thing that you tell that person? Oh, I, I actually quickly tell them how there's nothing in life um, that they can't uh, accomplish. Uh, I actually also let them know that I know what it feels like to wake up each day and uh, to still have diabetes. Um uh, I know what it's like to monitor uh, blood sugar. Um, I know what it's like to have to watch what you eat. And I know what it's like um, to acknowledge that you, you have fear and anxiety. But what I do want you to hear is that there is the path and there is a future for people with type 1 diabetes to absolutely soar. I love that. I love that the idea of opportunity. It's not closing opportunity. It just opens another door to more opportunity. It's great. Uh, Carl, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, this morning on World Diabetes Day of all days, uh, just a great way for me to start my day. Uh, it's great to meet you and get connected with you, uh, and I look forward to uh, all the things that you're going to do personally as well as uh, through Novant Health uh, for people with diabetes. Again, the book is A Future with Hope, and we'll include links to it in the show notes. Rob, thank you. And look, I'm, I'm so impressed with you ensuring that uh, people with type 1 diabetes have information and education and so anything i can do to help you in the future uh, i'm here so let me know today's episode is sponsored by the guest in his new self-titled book a future with hope novant health president and ceo carl armato discusses how being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at just 18 months old ignited a passion for a career in healthcare. in a future with hope now available on amazon Carl discusses leading one of the largest healthcare systems in the Southeast through the patient's lens, offering a unique perspective for healthcare leaders. Diseases like diabetes can bring a whirlwind of emotions, as we all know. 
And those who are diagnosed often seek reassurance that everything will be okay. Carl's message, as an adult who was diagnosed with type 1 at such an early age, can be a helpful tool to encourage others working to live their best life with the disease. My conversation with Carl that's coming up was extremely enlightening just to see a guy who has overcome so much in his life uh, with diabetes and really giving back uh, as an example and a leader. So it's very cool. In addition to practical experience in dieting, sugar monitoring, and exercise, Carl offers a first-hand perspective with tips on maintaining a positive outlook through it all, which I'm also really, really big on.